following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. I dug up Gilbert Godfrey, fucked him three times over, went back and sat in front of the television to watch this movie. Thank you! Damn, that's scary. I don't know why this keeps happening. I think it all started with Meatloaf. We talk about Meatloaf. We make fun of Meatloaf. I would like, like he's our buddy, right? Our teacher, our lover, our friend. Yes. But then it happened to him. It could happen to him. It could happen to anyone. I know, buddy. Why didn't it happen to Jared Leto? That's the problem. We talked about Jared Leto. Mm-hmm. We talked about Corey Feldman again. Ed Furlong. Why did it have to happen to him, Greg? We talked about Jeff fucking Dunham. And he's still alive. He should have been dead years ago. He should have been murdered in a movie-esque situation where his fucking puppets came alive and destroyed their master. I think it was called Child's Play, something like that. Uh, 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 Night of the Dummy. That's what I was getting at, yeah. Why did it happen to Jeffrey Dean Morgan? Because the universe is cruel, my friend, and unforgiving. It could have been Fede. Fede is eternal. We all know that. But the sick, sad tragedy of the situation is... I killed Gilbert. I killed him. We killed him! <laughs> We killed it! <laughs> we killed Gilbert! I'm so sorry, Gilbert! 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 I can't believe it! I just don't believe it! Why? Why, God? No, because there is no God, is there, Greg? No benevolent God would ever take this man from us. Gilbert. I look at the mountains every day, Greg, because you know I live out here in the mountains. And I look at the mountains and I, I say... I recently learned that, yes. And I say to myself, God, this is God's country. But then Gilbert is gone, and I realize that God is dead. God, what? Fuck! My faith is gone. Gilbert, we're so sorry we killed you, but... I didn't mean to. I mean, I I did. Ah, Anytime we talk about one of our idols, I'm just going to say it. They die! I've never felt so alone in this world. I fed up with this world. God damn it. There's not that many real people left in, I'm not even going to say Hollywood, just... uh, We're running out of people who truly give no fucks. No, because everybody else just wants to fucking make money. But Gilbert, he didn't give a fuck about that. No, he just wanted to save money. At any cost. Yeah, because uh, it was drowning. <laughs> Thank you, Gilbert. I miss him dearly, and I love him, and it just sucks so fucking much. Oh, that squinty-eyed little fuck. You know what that, I love that, about Gilbert? No matter what you say about him, you can insult him, and you know that he would appreciate it. Oh, my God. Right? Yes. Yes. You can, you can say just anything about the little motherfucker, that little dead fucking six feet under like oh i died boo fucking who piece of shit he might be the one guy out there that i can actually comfortably like say this within 24 hours of his death honestly yeah yeah you could do it with me you fool (laughs) oh god i'm 
fucking say. All joking aside, Greg and I are, are reaching our golden years of 40. Our sexual yeah. peak. I'm still full of testosterone. But oh, good for you. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Oh! So now, I don't know if I can speak for Greg, but I can proudly say that two people got me into horror. Mm -hmm. Number one was Ron DeShear. Okay. Friday nights on the USA Network USA up all night. Mm -hmm. So that was Friday. Saturday, it was hosted by Gilbert Gottfried. And it was USA up all night. Hell yeah. So technically, Gilbert Gottfried was my introduction to horror. What a multi-talented, just beautiful being he was. A monster in the entertainment industry. I remember him well, from the, some really old SNL shit where he was just really awkward and bad. He really hated being on that show, but he fucking owned it. Like, he was so bad that he was good. He and didn't then, want to uh, be there. My yeah. personal introduction to him, just to take a little trip down memory lane, was the Problem Child movies. Oh, yeah. Where he's the principal, and he's just screaming at a fucking 10-year-old kid like a psychopath. You disgusting, flatulating kid! He just screams in anguish at the sight of this child. And it might be one of the most hilarious moments on film. <laughs> this, this adult man is just like, Fuck! <laughs> I would kill this kid if the parents wouldn't sue me. <laughs> the parents wouldn't sue me? <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried, fucking legend. Absolutely. He will live in my heart and genitals as I know he will with yours and with all the audience. Yep. And as is customary on this show, I would like to give him a quick DTS seal of approval, <laughs> followed by a moment of silence. What does Gilbert say? You fool! Yeah, way to die, asshole. Yeah, you fucking dick. Oh, boy. Okay, I feel really? better. Yeah, really? Who else can you fucking treat that way so concurrent to his actual death date? Literally Me. no one. Gilbert was the last. He rules. Because everyone else that dies, if I say anything bad about them, I'm going to mean it. There will never be another Gilbert Gottfried. It's a shame that that era is is gone. Absolutely one of a kind. Yes, 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 absolutely. That uh, gross, vulgar troll that he was. And the that fact goblin, that, that yeah. Gilbert the Goblin Godfrey. I hope you can hear the sound of my voice. And the fact that that, that little, like, uh, sociopath maniac managed to not only make it as an insult comic, but work for Disney... The spokesperson for Aflac. He got in there. Uh, like, he had a diverse career considering how filthy he was. He I looked like he pissed his pants and loved it. Now, I, I know it was a character, right? And, like, obviously you've heard his real voice and how mm -hmm. he really is. It, if you want to just... really treat yourself, and I know a lot of people have already probably heard this because it was a little bit of a meme. Just listen to Gilbert Gottfried reading Fifty Shades of Grey. I mean, he's done so so many great things leading up to that, but that might be the most perfect example of his yes, attitude. It, it really, his, it, it, it encompasses truly his was. comedy. Yeah, his inflection, my vagina, his emphasis, my clitoris, 
everything about him is inappropriate, and I fucking love it. But I really like to claim your ass. But anyways, hey guys, guess, guess what? what? We're, We're damn scary. And Gilbert Gottfried is a dead fucking cunt. <laughs> I can't wait to go dig up his bones and fuck him. Fuck him. I'm Micah, I'm coming out of Reno, Nevada. I'm joined alongside by my illustrious co-host, Greg. Hello. Coming out of beautiful Buffalo, New York. How you doing, brother? Can I give you a little bit of advice real quick? Yeah. Go with the flow. It said, if you can't group to this, then you're probably dead. God damn it, I love that. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed that one. Thank you. I noticed uh, you looking at my new hat here, buddy. I know this is an audio platform, but yeah, I got a new hat. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. It's impossible to ignore. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. Let me try that again. What hat? <laughs> oh, this one on my head. Oh, you mean the incredibly loud sombrero that you're wearing that has Rocco's Modern Life print on the underside and a Bud Light sticker slapped on the front? <laughs> no, I didn't notice it. I thought that was just your new haircut. Listen, the people of Nevada out here, the style is all over the board. You can literally walk around town as a fucking cowboy. Nobody will bat an eye. You can walk around town as a fucking... Templar night and no one will bat an eye. This place is fucking bedlam and I love it. So I got myself a giant straw hat mm -hmm. with fucking Saved by the Bell shit underneath it and a yes, big obnoxious Bud Light logo on top of it. I'm gonna wear this fuck all summer to protect myself from the sun. I was just about to describe you as very Mexicali. Okay, I yeah. dig it. I think we can still say that, right? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Gilbert, what do you say? Not another fucking hat. Have you tried that Mexicali cocaine yet, Greg? Yes, once. That's why I'm in the wheelchair. Hey, Greg, did you check out I... anything good this week? I did. I watched Tromeo and Juliet at the request of our good friends from the West Coast, the Slashers Podcast. Tromeo and Juliet, you say? I watched mm -hmm. that too. We're going to save our deep dive into that one for our, our little segment on the Slashers podcast. For those of you who are listening, the Slashers podcast. Yeah, so basically, all of our fans, go over and check out the Slashers, Slashers podcast. podcast. You'll Three get a free shirt. <laughs> <laughs> They're giving them out like fucking candy. Yeah, those shits are going like hotcakes, baby. We are collaborating only one episode this time around. Last March, not this March? past March. Tro, Tro March, Tro March, Tro March. No, we're not doing that this time. We're doing from April. Tro, Tro April, April Roma, Tro April, Tro April. fuck it. We can't, we can't chant that. I can't. I don't know how to chant this. It doesn't work. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Slashers, guys, what are you doing to us here? What do you think I'm doing? Stroking the front wall of my vagina. So we're getting into the crossover month of Trome April this year, which is a little different from the last time we did this. I think we called it, uh, shit, what was it? It's, uh, it's, it's... May Mayhem! No, that's not right. Something Almost about... born April. That's close, but I think it had, uh, I think it had a little... Summer of the Slasher! Trome March? Trome March? Trome March! Trome March! Trome March! 
march! Charge! 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 Fuck yeah. You know what? That might have been our best chant to date. I I think a blood vessel popped in my eye, Greg. I saw you bulging. But yeah, guys, super excited to do this episode with you. So if you want to hear our take on Tromeo and Juliet, be sure to check out the Slashers podcast. What's that name again? The Slashes. The Slashers, the Slashers. podcast. Featuring Jake, Doug, Aid, James, uh, Tugboat, The Heartbreak Kid, Bob Backlund. Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. Erwin R. Scheister, Mr. IRS, pay your taxes. Hexaw Jim Duggan. Sergeant Slaughter. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Duke the Dumpster Droski. Hakushi. Sabu. Yokozuna. Aldo Montoya. Isaac Yankum. The Repo Man. The Bushwhackers. Axis Slash from Demolition. Ronnie Garvin. Greg the Hammer Valentine. Brett the Hitman Hart. The British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith. Doink the Clown. Dink the Clown. Horde Swoggle. The Clown. Jeff Jarrett. Bam Bam Bigelow. Big John Stud. Andre the Fucking Giant. Oh my god. You know what? The Slashers podcast, the list just goes on and on. Great crew over there. Love you. Anyways, Greg, I actually happened to check out another movie this week that I got to revisit. A movie I haven't watched in fucking years. I'm talking about Peter Jackson's Dead Alive. Oh my god, one of my favorites. And not enough people know about it. Not enough people have watched this movie. And I feel like if you watched it, you were probably really young and should definitely go back and watch it again because that movie is goddamn perfection. AKA Brain Dead, if you're outside of the United States. It might be one of the goriest, splatteriest, grossest action comedy horror films ever. Ever. Ever put to uh, Lloyd or whatever the fucking term is. It came out in 1992, but the gore factor on that is like, it's just legendary. This is literally the reason why all you Lord of the Rings fans got your fucking trilogy. So you can thank Peter Jackson for his gross, disgusting past for uh, why you got your Bilbo's and your Frodo's. This is what led up to it. This is what got him that budget. Yeah, this is literally what paid for The Lord of the Rings. And you know what? If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have these fucking Hobbit movies that came out. And you know what? If it wasn't for that, Cabin Fever probably would have never happened. Because Cabin Fever was almost like an homage to uh, Peter Jackson's Dead Alive. And if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have my absolute favorite sound clip which i'm gonna drop right here that's my mother you're pissing on i'm a real big fan of i kick ass for the lord oh i kick ass for the lord the uh, endlessly quotable dead alive you've got the bite it is so quotable a lionel is phenomenal in that it's got uh, zombie babies it's got a anthropomorphic pile of intestines it's got that lawnmower scene at the end that oh, is just the oh grossest wettest goriest thing that you'll ever see on film it's the bee's knees it's so good and then the giant mother at the end with those huge tits and that huge ass and it's so I funny just, that may have been kim kardashian i don't know she's uh, got the bite think i think i 
<laughs> the bite. <laughs> the Sumatran rat monkey. Yes. Might be one of the more creative sources of the zombie virus. I love Dead Alive more than I love my children. And I have no children, but I love Dead Alive. I love Dead Alive more than your dead children. I love Dead Alive more than dead Gilbert Gottfried. Just once before I die, give me one blowjob. Hey, Craig. Hey. Do you see this uh, This Rob Zombie Monsters movie is getting a lot of clout, a lot of star power behind it. And honestly, I at first I was like, oh, this is shit. I want nothing to do with this. Now with like the addition of Elvira, seeing pictures of the set... The fact that it's PG kind of blows my mind, too. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm pretty excited about this. D. Wallace actually signed on for Rob Zombie's The Monsters. That's a little surprising. A thunder kiss. I see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, seriously, who doesn't fucking love D. Wallace? I love D. Wallace. I loved her in Critters. Huge fan. The Howling. She's such a fox. She signed on to be a part of Rob Zombie's The Monsters. Like, yeah, that sounds really cool. That sounds fun and all. But could this be along the lines of Death House? Oh, the movie with all the additional characters from other franchises? Gunnar Hansen, Kane Hodder, Bill Mosley, Tony Todd, D. Wallace, Barbara Crampton, Felissa Rose, Adrian Barbeau, uh, oh. Michael Berryman, Courtney Baum, uh, Camille Keaton, Tony Moran, Debbie Rashawn, Sean oh, yeah. Whalen, Vernon Wells, R.A. Milhalavalov, Lloyd Kaufman. Fuck I, I could go on and on and on with the amazing fucking cast of this movie. Death House may be the worst fucking horror movie I have ever watched. But it's got all the great names that you want to see. It has all the great names you want to see, but the movie absolutely sucked. And we waited so long for that fucking movie to come out. And I'm starting to think that maybe Rob Zombie's The Monsters might end up in that category where we have this all-star cast, but the movie is just dog shit. Well, you know what? I've got huh. faith in my man, our zombie. Based on his past pedigree of flawless films. You've got your uh, your House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. Pretty great. You got your pretty Devil's great, Rejects. Pretty great. Pretty great. Um, you know what? You're right. This, uh, this monster's film right now sucks. Yeah! All right, my man. I am going to read a synopsis for you, and then we're just going to take it from there. You ready for this? This is a great idea. The mad dermatologist Anton Rogue disappears after a catastrophic disease is caused by cosmetic products. Oh. Tripod, the same time director of the clinic, searches for his mentor desperately. Tripod, played by Willem Dafoe. I am talking about a movie, and I quote, is going to cause more chaos and controversy than Crash. The last 20 minutes is a tough sit. I already expect Ooh. walkouts, faintings, and panic attacks. My friend, I am talking about the legend himself, the Canadian kid, the fucking godhead. I am talking about David Cronenberg's Cronenberg. latest motion picture that is already drumming up controversy, Crimes of the Future. It looks incredible. And if you can trust anyone to gross you out, make you vomit, make you disgusted by the human body to the point that you just can't even feel your soul inside your can't skull. Can't even feel your soul! Yeah, that's David Cronenberg. 
The film is going to star Viggo Mortensen, who we yeah. all know and love for showing off his dick while fighting off two Russian mobsters, Leia Sedo. And this part kind of fucks me up a little, but I've yeah. actually, I actually kind of grown to like her recently. I'm talking about Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Stewart. Yeah, yeah, not exactly a feather in the cap of Mr. Cronenberg, but this film looks a whole lot like Existence combined with an old film called The Cell starring Jennifer Lopez. Just like a taco for burritos. Taco flavored kisses for my bean. Oh, bean. The hips don't lie. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> No singing! No singing! Oh my god, I am so fucking excited for this. I thought the movie I was looking forward to more than anything this year was Terrifier 2. Okay. Close second would have been Hulu's Hellraiser reboot. Rightly so. This fucking movie. I cannot fucking wait for. You know what? This doesn't look like just a film. This looks like a fucking experience. This looks like it's going to be upsetting, earth-shaking to your entire worldview. Like I said before, if there's one man who can fucking achieve that, it's Mr. Cronenberg himself. Sometimes science is more art than science. Craig. A lot of people don't get that. Body horror to the max. You know it's going to be fucking crazy. I cannot wait. There's a prominent shot in this trailer of a man with ears on his fucking forehead superimposed or like plastic surgery onto the top of his head yeah it's a very simple thing it's a very like it's not a complicated change to what you're used to seeing when you look at a human face but it's so upsetting yep it doesn't sit and, right with you and in that same scene it only shows it for a second but the, his mouth is being stitched shut his eyes are stitched shut and you know what this it's... reminds me of is when Chuck Palahniuk did that book reading tour when he released the short story Guts from his larger collection, Haunted, where he just kind of got used to people either fainting or vomiting or having to run out of the room in disgust whenever he performed this story. I think Cronenberg is going for the same kind of thing, the same kind of hype. Like, this is going to disgust and unnerve you. And I love that. I want to, I just want to feel something again you know what i mean you little bitch well i need that because i'm so desensitized i love nihilism in my horror i need that last night i watched oculus with my dad it was the first time i watched oculus since i first saw it in like 2013 we watched it together oculus is good i like it nobody talks about oculus because i think it was at that time where people didn't want an ending like that it ends on a bad note you yeah. know, the good guys don't win. Now you see that evil will always triumph. Well, really, that's, that's horror. Because good is dumb. Right? Yes. It's supposed to leave you battered and bruised and feeling unfulfilled on the way out of the theater. There's no I happy felt, endings in horror. Yeah, like, I felt like shit after watching X. I need that. I, I need that to live. Well, it depends what you're going for. Like, there's, I mean, I do love a, like, a deep, impactful just heart-destroying horror film. But at the same time, I mean, you say you live for this shit, you live for the pessimism. I live for a nice, gross, gory horror action comedy like Dead Alive. Like Dead Alive, much. okay, yeah, yeah. No, I do too, but like... You know what it is? This is the Apollonian-Dionysian dichotomy of philosophy where 
you can't have one end without the other. You can't have good without evil. You can't have yes, yes without no. You got to balance everything out. So if you're going to have this full on nihilistic black hole of soul crushing horror, then you got to at least have a little bit of dead alive, a little bit of the splatter fest on the other side. Oh, it's yeah. Gotta, yeah. No doubt. You're regular. You know what I mean? Listen, I, dude, after watching Oculus, like, yeah, I threw on an episode of Holliston okay. uh, before bed because I can't go to bed feeling empty. Like, but I need I need that soul crushing feeling sometimes if you're a man who's read the infamous but beautiful men are from mars women are from penis you're a pussy then you know rule number one of any solid relationship even if it's just with your dad never go to bed angry which means don't throw that nihilistic horror on and just fall right asleep get a little holliston in your life absolutely even it out watch tales from the crypt something lighthearted. because you can't go to bed with that empty feeling because you're going to have fucked up nightmares. You're going to wake up and have a real bad day. Nobody wants Lovecraft dreams. You'll wake up racially insensitive. Tentacles coming out of your asshole. (laughs) Naming your cat all sorts of fucked up shit. Yeah, like Aiden. Like, I don't want to say it. Yeah, but we're all super stoked about Cronenberg's new picture. The last Cronenberg picture I saw was Baby Cronenberg Possessor, which amazing wonderful absolutely recommended anyone who hasn't seen possessor yet check that out i had to watch all of season two of spongebob squarepants after watching possessor to make myself feel good i didn't know how many seasons of that there were until i actually had to cleanse my palate and my mind i have this weird thing where like i'm not into furries but if there was like a really hot babe in a Teletubby scoop. What you're saying is you're into furries. Yes, I would. Yeah. Especially a coyote. One more movie that's coming out that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, by pretty excited, I mean I don't really fucking know about this one. But it's okay. Christopher Lloyd, who I absolutely love and adore. You the love man, Christopher the Lloyd. The man, the myth, the legend. And you may no, know Rachel... him by his proper title, which is Mr. Lloyd. Oh, excuse the fuck out of me. I just think of him as the hobo from dennis the menace there is a spirit halloween movie coming out my friend or the guy with leprosy from things to do in denver when you're dead i love that movie it's pretty good right it's like pulp fiction if it was directed by john travolta <laughs> but of course we all know christopher lloyd from dennis the menace the denver movie that my co-host mentioned but of course the we all one. know and love him from and this may be his biggest role i'm talking about taxi um so anyways there is a spirit halloween movie coming out like produced by spirit the halloween store yep that's a thing this is a real thing i will read the synopsis to you my friend when a new spirit halloween store appears in a deserted strip mall there's a lot of those now three middle school friends who think they've outgrown trick-or-treating make a dare to spend the night locked inside the store on halloween night fools But they soon find out that the store is haunted by an angry evil spirit. Did they not understand by the giant spirit sign on the outside? That there is a spirit inside there? God, kids are stupid. Fuck, you know what? This is actually... You want to fight some kids? The kids embark on a thrilling and spooky adventure in order to survive the night, avoid becoming possessed by that. It sounds You know what? This is literally... Yeah, this is another one of those fucking... Now, is this the type of thing that makes me want to just powerbomb a child into another child? Oh, are we on this again? Yeah, quick question. How many kids do you think you could throw 
through football uprights. If I gave you 60 seconds in just a lineup of fourth graders. Uh, I'd say about six. Yeah, see, it, it depends if you're throwing them or if you're kicking them. If you could get an assistant to hold one by the top of the skull on like a field goal tee. Yeah. And just kick them one after another. I mean, you kick the skull, but the body will follow. Oh, it's it's physics 101, my friend. 60 seconds, if you're efficient, yeah, you could probably do one maybe every, like, six or seven seconds. Okay. Maybe another second or two if you're actually going to aim. But we're not going mm-hmm. for fucking points here. We're going for distance. I'm just going to be a regular Ray Finkel over here. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. <laughs> Perhaps nobody told you, Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. One in the same. I'm going to execute a button hook pattern super slow mo. What I'm getting at is if you give me a solid assistant, a field goal tee, and a carton of cools, I could clear out an entire third grade class in a matter of 60 seconds. (laughs) All right, so news is over, and that leaves only one thing. And I hate to say it, I know we already fucking apologized once in this episode, but I've been sinning quite a bit in the last week or so and i know that this is march of the penguins well into april yeah we get it we know we fucking know all right yeah we're going with it i got a couple of things i want to get off my chest so matt thank you sir there we go i guess i'll go first here because i think you uh <laughs> you're already guilty enough with that hat right <laughs> <laughs> so i actually have a couple turns out no, last Jesus. week was a little a uh, little rough on my part so uh, here we go. I'm just going to do them one at a time. Keep it brief like I always do. Yep. First up, Gina Davis. We described you as a gummy woman last episode, which, while correct, was not very nice. So I apologize for that. And I can only say I am super duper double bubble. Sorry about that one. Willem Dafoe. I think I revealed the secret of your unrealistically giant wiener last time. I also implied that you use it for evil. It's <laughs> probably untrue. Hopefully. I don't know. It's, it's I don't hopefully know. untrue. I mean, it might not be untrue. Well, uh, Ed Furlong, sorry for the hundredth time that we've disparaged your career. I mean, you get it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not getting any better, buddy. I'm assuming... That you weren't contacted to be in the new crow, and I don't think I'm wrong about that, but uh, sorry, kid. Last but not least, um, also, you know, that mummy rapper who was unceremoniously propped up on stage post-mortem. That was kind of weird, but I'm sorry that I laughed at it. Yeah, actually, I'm sorry about that, too. Yeah, that was actually, I'm probably most sorry about that, because that's, I mean, it's kind of, it feels gross, right? You did the Michael Jackson joke. Mm-mm, no, mm, that was you. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> oh, and um, that time, like, 60 seconds ago when I talked about field goal kicking children. Just kidding. In honor of Gilbert, I'm not going to apologize for shit! Oh! Back from the moon, baby. Uh, other than the fact that, uh, yeah, sorry we killed you, Gilbert, but uh, rewind the, be- uh, the episode. We gotta stop doing that, right? That. It's only a matter of time before Ed Furlong, his heart explodes and he's just 
he's found face down in the dumpster that he calls home. It could be our fault. It could be the fact that uh, the cocaine caught up to him. He's lived a sloppy life. Dude, a sloppy life. He's been fucking Monica Kina for the past 12 years. A chubby, unkempt existence is what I would describe it as. Jared Leto, Jared Leto, Jared Leto, Jared Leto, Jared Leto, Jared Leto! Die. Please. Why won't you die? Well, as Greg and I mentioned earlier, we are still continuing March of the Penguins, even though mm -hmm. it's April. Go fuck yourself. I don't care if it's April. We are continuing with a classic. Many of you probably don't know this movie, a heard of one. this movie, seen this movie, know of its existence. We're talking about 1971 Preacher Man. Yeah, Albert T. Viola's Preacher Man, which was later picked up by who else, Greg? Lloyd Kaufman and Troma Films. That's right, because they have thousands of titles under distribution, and this just happens to be one of them. Oh, and it was a big one back in the day. There's actually a sequel as well. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. Yep, we're uh, going to want to check that out. Maybe we'll do it next time. You know, maybe we'll do it next time. Do our best. This is a movie bigger than the Ten Commandments themselves. It kicks off its fucking intro with class with a trailer for itself and that is a fucking power move if you ask me oh god absolutely this badass grindhouse trailer starts before the actual movie yes which i actually thought that it was just the version i saw played the trailer first it I turns out too. you saw that too yeah until we confirmed it with each other i actually thought that it was just a shitty bootleg Fool! so this masterpiece of a film starts off with the trailer for itself and introduces the titular preacher, preacher man. man his silver tongue manipulates the masses preacher, preacher man. man his preaching fills his pockets with gold preacher, preacher man. man he gives new meaning to fatherly of Preacher Man! The man of the cloth who performs miracles between the sheets! Preacher, Preacher man. man! When he hears confessions of sexual sin, it raises more than his spiritual awareness! Preacher, Preacher man. man! A hard-driving, smooth-talking, two-fisted, fighting, law-breaking pastor of disaster! He's the Preacher Preacher man! Man! A man of action, a man of peace, a man of passion, and a moving target. He'll hit you right below the Bible belt. This is the fucking intro to this film, and it makes it sound incredible. Preacher Man, a good time film. This intro got me so fucking hyped for the goddamn movie. So pumped for Preacher Man! I did two to three lines of cocaine. I punched holes in the drywall. I kicked a child through field goal upright. Okay, I think there's just one last thing that we have to do before we get into reviewing this fine motion picture. And Greg, give us our list of characters. Okay, here we go. First and foremost, we have the illustrious, the beautiful, the titular... Preacher Man. Was the son of a preacher man. He is a corrupt coxman, a gaslighting gynecologist, a statutory rapist, a penetrating angel, a con man, and possibly also a preacher? 
man? No. Yeah, probably not, right? I mean, every preacher is literally this guy, so... Every preacher is a con man. Like, I, I absolutely believe that. This is uh, Albert T. Viola, who is actually from Brooklyn, New York. He was born in 1919, Greg. Also uh, the director of the film. Bingo. He wrote and directed the motion picture Preacher Man. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2007. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. At the ripe age of 87. From complications due to syphilis, I've heard. Yes, allegedly. He also wrote and directed the sequel, Preacher Man Meets Wider Woman, I believe is the title. Wider uh, Woman. Of... Wider Woman, my bad. I think. I, I, I said wider. Well, I mean, you might be right. I'm not sure. I think it's like Witter as in like Widow. The Witter Woman. He did a couple other exploitation films in the 70s, but his his main credit is Preacher Man. I absolutely adore this guy. I thought this, he was phenomenal. This was a passion project for him. You can really tell. Yes, absolutely. Anytime a man like this both directs and stars in the film, <laughs> you know there's a lot of passion behind it. Yep. The passion of the Christ. Of the Christ. I do this whole movie for you, Greg. So next up, we have Sheriff Boss Hogg. <laughs> right? He's a local lawman. He's a corrupt cop. A police brutalitist. An impotent authority. And a stupid dumb fuck idiot. I feel like this is also the same sheriff from Last House on the Left. I feel like he's the same sheriff from every film that requires just a dumb southern sheriff. Like he is the stereotype. He plays it to a T. He's Boss Hog. So of course our next character is someone that I just dubbed Lil Deputy Dipshit. Oh yeah. The usual. I'm going to keep it brief on this one. Boss Hogg's mentally challenged assistant and lackey. A real Daniel Day-Lewis. Hey-o. Moving on, we have Mary Lou. Mary Lou! Who is the large-breasted farmer's daughter. She is a baptism slash penis receiver, an enthusiastic slam pig, a repentant sexaholic, and an abortion haver probably she Most probably likely. had a few abortions i mean yeah, they don't really I have mean... condoms down there this guy their former birth control is anal i can only assume yeah this is eileen Kristen. Mm -hmm. eileen Kristen probably had the best career out of anyone involved in this movie i'll say uh, she's in everything from one order to the bay she was also in hunting seas Knock Knock as the Sexy Librarian. Oh. Uh, she was in The Sopranos. Hell yeah. Law and Order. Desperately Seeking Susan. A couple other exploitation films. This but is I where think, it all started. I think what she'll be best known for is, is this role in Preacher Man and uh -huh. those phenomenal tits. Uh, she's actually still around. She's still active. And she is... Uh, oh, you know what? <laughs> Have you seen pictures of her recently? She can still get it, man. Still looking good? Still looking good. I believe it. Yeah. Mary Lou. So next up, we have Papa Crabtree, who is a redneck farmer, a good Samaritan, a protective father, a devout Catholic, a gullible asshole, a bootlegger, and a total cuckold. Total cuck. 
Yeah, he really just kind of takes it throughout the whole plot of this film. This is really all he's known for. This is yep. all he really did. He's in another movie called The Fix. Mm. I don't really know shit about that. That came out in 1985. Who fucking cares? Turns out he wasn't really acting on that whole cuckold thing. Nope. So then we have a little uh, little gang I like to call Clyde and the Boys. <laughs> and they are a group of horny men who roam the countryside, penetrating anyone who forgets to lock their windows. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's a little upsetting, but it is the reality when you live the life of the preacher man. I got nothing to add to this because none of these guys did shit after this movie. Yeah, I was... So then there's Martha, who is the nosy neighbor, the pushy salesman, the diligent delivery driver, a talented hymnist, a criminal conspirator, and a liquor mule. Rubber balls and liquor. Yeah, same thing. Martha didn't really do anything else. Yeah, this nothing. is Marion Marion Brown, somebody else from Brooklyn. But you know what? I, I thought she was good in this movie. She wasn't flat. She was... Uh, all her lines were delivered with enough character behind it. I thought she sure. was really good. You gauge the, uh, the the quality of the acting performance on the flatness or lack thereof. I appreciate that. <laughs> so naturally, our next character is a little man that I just like to call John C. Riley, a.k.a. Henry, who is just, just Martha's <laughs> special brother. That's really all he amounts to. Oh, that one-armed nightmare. And last but not least, we have a little fucking weirdo that i like to call old farley old farley which kind of looks a little more like young farley if you ask me if you're gonna call a man old he might as well have a beard but this is a loner a rebel a wild card a loose cannon a porn addict a chicken fucker and a sin-fueled maniac around whom no man or woman is safe this is uh, J.G. Patterson Jr., a uh, okay. great character. He's in a bunch of exploitation films, such as She Devils on Wheels, The Gruesome Twosome, The Electric Chair, Whiskey Mountain, Body Shop, Mountain Moon, uh, sorry, Moonshine Mountain, which is also starring the sheriff from this movie, Zero Bull Boss Hog. Yeah! Uh, uh, he's also in a movie called Shock Daddy. I wonder what that's about. But unfortunately, he did die just a couple years after Preacher Man in 1975 at the age of 45, also from syphilis. I was going to say, yeah, probably syphilis, right? Probably syphilis. Yeah, complications from syphilis. All right. So, without further ado, let's get right into the plot of Preacher Preacher Man! We kick things off with a trailer for the titular Preacher Man, which we pretty much narrated earlier in this episode. It's all the exploits, all the fucking... Fuckery. Fuckery of the Preacher Man. And honestly, it kind of makes him sound a little more like a superhero than the actual just manipulative asshole that he is. So we get into it, we have the opening credits, but then we get into a haystack. A halo, if you will. Seems like too many farm animal noises. Mm-hmm. Where we have a large-breasted, beautiful, blonde, probably a little younger than she should be. We have the titular preacher man in mid-coitus with some farmer's daughter, Bertha. 
and Bertha is getting dicked down by the Lord and Lord and Lord himself. I tell you what. They're walked in by Deputy Dipshit, who quietly backs out of the hayloft and retreats to his police cruiser to tell big old Sheriff Boss Hogg. I love the way that he, like, goes to the sheriff like he done something good. Like, oh, guess what, sheriff? I done found a preacher, man. Oh, oh and guess what? what he was doing? Oh, he was with uh, somebody. Yeah, who he with? Oh, you're going to love this one, boss. Oh, here we go. Here we go. You ready for this now? Oh, all right. Now, I reckon I, you, you tell me all fancy like now. You say that now. He was up there with Bertha. I done saw a preacher man inside your daughter. Oh, yeah. And let me tell I, you something. Nobody wants to hear that one. Oh, my God. I am so glad I don't have kids. I'm so glad I don't have a daughter. Uh, so I don't have to deal with shit like this with uh, uh, shady preachers fornicating with her. But before he gets killed by an angry farmer, the preacher man runs through town like that fucking kid from the family circus. And he eventually arrives at church just in time to greet all the fuckable women of town on their way out. I love during the scene where he's doing his run, running across the train tracks and everything, there is an opening song by Roland Pope. Uh, oh. Roland Pope wrote original music for this movie. Now that's the one thing. Roland Pope. Roland Pope of the New Jersey Roland Popes. Of the Kentucky uh, Roland Popes. Yes, yes, those actually. I, of the Missouri Roland Popes. The Pennsylvania Roland Popes. Oh, of the Mississippi Roland Popes. Let's not forget about the Florida chapter of the Rolling Popes. Oh, the old Georgia Popes. Rolling no, style. New Orleans Rolling Popes. The Minnesota Rolling Popes. The Washington Rolling Popes. Switzerland Rolling Popes. The Texas Rolling Popes. Oh, well, you're probably talking about them Kazakhstan Rolling Popes. The Rhode Island Rolling Popes. Oh, the Saudi Arabia Rolling Popes. The New York City Rolling Popes. Oh. What? New York, York City! <laughs> Rolling Popes. That's one thing I totally miss. I miss original music in movies. And I don't mean like a soundtrack like Metallica fucking doing Mission Impossible. I miss shit like that sweet fucking rap in, uh, in fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. I'm talking about like the rap in Monster Squad. I'm talking about the original song for Fright Night. Fright night, 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 night. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about, baby. You're talking about Will Smith uh -oh. acting and also writing music for his hit movies. Bring it back. It's been like 30 fucking years since he's done that shit. Wild Wild West, I think, was the highlight of that phenomenon. Yeah, now bounce with me. Just bounce with me. Now make your neck work. How great would it be if he wrote a song about slapping the shit out of Chris Rock at the Oscars? Whoa! Just slap with me. Just slap with me. Oh, bam. This isn't Jalo, okay? Uh-oh. This is trauma. So after uh, after he greets his congregation, every fuckable woman in this small town, we get a cop cart pulling up. Deputy Dipshit comes out, goes staggering on up all fancy-like up to our preacher man, mm -hmm. titular preacher man, shakes his hand and says, Hey, Sheriff uh, Fuckface wants to have a word with you. It turns out Bertha is the sheriff's daughter. 
And he ain't too happy about where Preacher Man's penis has recently been. The Lord giveth in his daughter. And the Lord taketh away. Mm, So he he walks up to the cop car. The sheriff immediately says, pull your dick out. I want to smell it. I want to know if this is real. Let me smell your dick. He takes one whiff of that and goes, get in the car. They take him to the county line and tell him if he ever comes back, they're going to fuck his face up a dozen different ways. They go into a lot of detail about how many fucking fists are going to come in contact with his nose and eyes and ears. And I think they make a pretty complete impression. Yeah, it was a lot of Fifty Shades and Grey. It was something about, like, I'm going to close all your holes that are open. (laughs) Open up all your holes that are closed. (laughs) They accentuate their point by clubbing him in the back of the skull with the grip of a 45 pistol. And he is out cold. Boy, howdy is he ever. And we jump to Mary Lou, who is suspiciously left home alone when her father goes to town for magic beans or something. I don't even know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's magic beans. And she immediately gets naked. Oh my god, she gets so naked. And in my notes here, I literally write, the moment I see her, I can't wait to see Mary Lou naked. Oh, it's fantastic. This is easily the highlight of the picture. Totally, because she has amazing boobs, an Mm -hmm. incredible body. Oh, a bush you could just sink your teeth into. What are you, my dad? She jumps right into a tubby. Gotta say, I was a little jealous of her in this scene. And then, uh, lo and behold, the fucking Almond Brothers show up. Naturally, she lures Clyde and the boys who show up outside her window. For some reason, she invites them in for some... (laughs) And they take turns reading the Bible together, I think? Or uh, talking about songs, or... Clyde is in the bedroom plowing her out while the rest of the boys are outside playing cards, waiting for their turn. Oh yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Turns out they're running a train on old Mary Lou here. So this is about the time that Papa finds Preacher Man laying unconscious on the side of the road. And being the good Samaritan that he is, he picks him up and takes him to town in a non-sexual way. Yeah, yeah, because he's sleepy. Bows him in the back of his pickup, takes him back home. Pop arrives at his house, where everyone is currently scrambling to pull out of Mary Lou. Papa grabs his shotgun and starts blasting until all penises have left the premises. I gotta tell you, he handled this really well. I mean, he handled it like any devoted father would when he finds a gang of gentlemen on top of his daughter. I mean, yeah, sure, he shot at them, but, like, he didn't really kill anyone. No, 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 no. It's like, it's like Harry Potter, where Dobby was like, Dobby never meant to murder. Dobby only meant to maim. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that. So, <laughs> Papa asked Preacher Man if he can baptize his cock-hungry daughter, <laughs> saying she has an unnatural hunger for the menfolk. Yeah, it was basically like, hey, my daughter's a big whore. Can you baptize the demon slut out of her? And I love that at the table, she's explaining how normal women, they like one boy. But she gets this tingle. Oh, Uh, she's not like normal women. But Preacher Man takes a good long look at Mary Lou and her tits and agrees, saying, what we need here is a baptism. They're eating breakfast, and he is just... 
indulging on everything that they have to offer. But one of the things, like, I just, I, I can never get past, and I've seen it in movies, and I've seen it in person, mm-hmm. is people that take food and dip it into coffee and eat it. And it's such an old man thing, it's such a southern thing, and I think that is so fucking disgusting. I've it's- seen people dip, uh, like, ham croissants in coffee and eat it. I would go so far as a donut. I'll eat a donut and wash it down with some coffee. But it's limited. Nothing with cream in the middle. And if it's a fritter, fuck you. I like fritters. Wow! Okay, okay, okay. I mean, well, uh, maybe like, I guess maybe a red velvet? Yeah, maybe a glazed twist. In the, maybe uh... jelly filled? Nah, no, nah, no, no. Dude, no, no. What? What the fuck? Are you are Excuse you fucking mine? I thought we were doing a bit. Go, no, I, no, no, no. Fine. You don't I thought jelly this was a filled... bit. No. In coffee? I'm sorry, Greg. Fuck me for thinking we were doing one of our classic bounce off each other bits. I was just listening off donuts. I don't think you I know can. What? I don't. I don't think I can. I can't continue. I can't. I can't finish this episode with you. It's, you know what? We're not going to make it to episode eighty. This is episode seventy-eight. All right. Last episode and, of damn. And the whole thing. This is the end of the episode. You know what? This is a collector's episode. Love each other. I'm so sorry. Care about each other. Podcast. Most importantly, importantly, keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. Go fuck, Go yourself. fuck yourself. This is the end. All right. This is it. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. Not so funny when it's your mother, huh? So at this point, Martha shows up. In her truck. Because Martha, she drives a truck. And she unintentionally informs our titular preacher, man, that he is back in White Oaks Sheriff's County, which comes as a very bad surprise to him. But, I mean, he's still just, like, in it to win it. He doesn't give a fuck. He really wants to have sex with Mary Lou. Yeah, he thought that he was outside of these county lines. He thought that he didn't have to deal with the sheriff and his deputy dipshit from earlier on. He just finds out he's going to have to lay low for a little while. So this is where uh, uh, Papa, who gives a fuck, they start explaining that the preacher man is going to baptize Mary Lou in the old uh, swimming hole out back behind the house. And Martha exclaims that she is an excellent singer. Her and her brother are excellent singers. Mm -hmm. And they're so good at singing that they can make a stone cry. They've been known to be the songbirds of their generation. Real uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Youngs over here. I thought they were Fleetwood Mac. Little Creedence Clearwater Revivals over here. A little Molly Hatchet is what I'm getting at here. Little Thin Lizzies. A little Nashville Pussy, Greg. A little Damn Yankees. A little Knight Rider. Probably a little Merle Haggard. Probably a little Johnny Cash. A little Tom Petty. A little Mamas and the Papas. Oh, some Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Oh, a little Quiet Riot. I mean, probably some fucking Scorpions, right? Hey. Hey. But you know what? They're probably jackal. Oh! Loves my cock! Loves my cock! No singing! Fuck, fuck, fuck. No singing. No singing. Okay, okay. Uh, And at this point in my notes, I said, I can't wait to see Martha naked. Sadly... This is going to be an unrequited love for you, yep. my friend. So we get down to this baptism. Everyone goes down to the local water hole to cleanse the whore out of poor, innocent Mary Lou. And it's obvious that our preacher man just wants to F. 
So we got Martha and her fucking invalid brother, Peter, maybe? It looks like a Peter. And we got uh, Papa Bill Alfonso from ECW standing on, watching Preacher Man. <laughs> My goodness, there's so many funny guys. Watching the Preacher Man dunk his daughter into the old watering hole, cleansing her of all of her sin. This is how religion works, my friends. You put a slut under some water, and when she comes back up, all that semen just comes out of that water tighter than a frog's butthole. What is she, Meryl Streep? No, because Meryl Streep has a huge. Never Ask was. Willem Dafoe. After Willem Dafoe excavated that shit like an archaeological dig. <laughs> Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. He's got a solid collection of clay pot fragments and dinosaur bones. He's got raptor claws, that, that fucking totem from The Exorcist. All from the evening he spent with Glenn Close. <laughs> She's a very giving woman. They found the Megalodon in Glenn Close's book. They found the Octo Shark in Glenn Close's book. They found the Tarantula Shark in Glenn Close's book. They found the Big Ass Spider in Glenn Close's book. They found the Cloverfield monster in Glenn Close's book. They found Ghidorah, Mothra, and Rodan fighting Godzilla in Glenn Close's They found the kaiju monsters from the Pacific Rim in Glenn Close's They found six Power Rangers and a handful of Voltron lions in Glenn Close's But most importantly, they found love in Glenn Close's book. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Speaking of love, touching story. We're, uh, back to the movie. We get Mary Lou sitting by a fireplace being read Bible bedtime stories from mm -hmm. the preacher man. She admits that the baptism got her all hot and bothered, and the preacher goes into full-on pastor mode and just starts feeling her up. Yeah, because I'm not going to pastor that ass up. Oh! But who does he get cocked blocked by? Papa Crabtree. He busts in. And just as you think he's about to beat some ass, he just asks the preacher man, is she really fit to do the Lord's work, you think? Oh, of course she is. Have you ever heard of Angel Leroy? You might want to enlighten me on that one. I'm not sure I've heard of Angel Leroy. Oh, of course you haven't heard of Angel Leroy because you're a fucking square. Oh, well, right? you know. Uh, not a lot of people know who Angel Leroy is, but what you got to do is, Mary Lou, you got to take this here candle, take it on up to your room, light it up. And right here, and as he pulls out a bottle of hooch, mm -hmm. right here you got to drink some of this. This here is Angel Elixir. It's going to burn a little, but that just means it's working. But you make sure you leave a little bit for Angel Leroy now, you heal. He tells her to take off her clothes, burn a candle in the window, drink that special angel potion, which is totally Kentucky bourbon. And uh, Papa Crabtree, if you're going to get in the way, you might as well just stand on the roof and call out Angel Leroy's name. Leroy! I love that so much because nothing would get me harder. So that night, Papa Crabtree stands guard on the roof, waving a lantern to lure Angel Leroy into his daughter's window. Which, I mean, really, come on, man. You serious? While the preacher man, I mean, I can't put it any other way, just straight up sodomizes his daughter. Yeah. She seems into it, I guess. Mary Lou is now in love with the preacher man. Because that's how that works. Sometimes, I guess. 
and they talk about his past, which I guess involves a lot of carnivals and a lot of sideshows and a lot of just grifting, which should yeah, be a big old it's, red it's, flag for all these uh, small town folk. I think that's the first time he's really honest with anybody in the movie. Yeah, it's kind well, of you know a, what it is. It's post fuck pet post nut thing. It's a little phenomenon we like to call post nut clarity. To where like you just kind of like let it out. Hey, let me yeah. tell you something about my past. I used to be a clown in the circus. Yeah. She's like, no, I I thought you were Angel Leroy. He's like, yeah, no, I'm that too. I'm that too. But uh, I also used to have a big red nose and some giant shoes, big old frilly collar and crazy red hair. But do you know what else he did, Greg? Craig. No. He is also wanted for extortion. Oh, yeah. He's not just a clown. He's a full-on criminal. Fraud. And most importantly, statutory rape. Crimes against humanity. An era of American life that is still vigorously alive today. We get back down to Sheriff Zero's office with a deputy dipshit and a man of the government law possibly FBI, putting up a wanted poster, and he starts explaining his past, how he's a swindler, goes town to town, just ripping people off. Uh, you know, but he does it for the money, and he does it for the nookie. So together, they decide that Papa also needs to get laid, right? Because they just need him to lighten the fuck up and stop riding Mary Lou's ass. <laughs> so they decide they're gonna set him up with Martha. Yeah. And this whole plot thread does not lead anywhere oh okay cool yeah so right about now preacher man is having a touching moment as he stares longingly at a picture of his lost love in a cigarette case and this is yet another plot thread that just fucking goes nowhere are they trying to say that he has uh like an ex-wife or a spurned lover or someone that he really cares about that kind of you know, he goes back to every time he's feeling guilty or every time he's, uh, you know, lonely. He just thinks of this woman. So you want to you want to build sympathy for this type of character. But then mm -hmm. they they bring it down by saying, OK, he fucked a 16 year old and got her pregnant. What are you, my dad? But then they do something like this. And so you kind of do have sympathy for him again. I don't think that... I agree with you on this one, man. I think Preacher Man is uh, I don't think he's really redeemable. No, they did this for you to sympathize with him but there is no redeeming qualities here after you find out he nope. had sex with someone at 16 I, I mean he's just a swindler he's a con man he's a he's a kind of a, just a bad guy he's a criminal but they were trying to get that sympathy for him yeah well no time for that because we have papa showing off his moonshine still out in the woods and Finally. he tells uh he tells the preacher man that he sells his booze to both the sheriff and his brother, who runs the general store, I'm just going to comment here that we never actually see the brother. The sheriff doesn't show up for another, like, hour. Papa decides, basically, that his liquor is, like, a wicked sin that he shouldn't be doing. He has a little bit of an emotional crisis. But Preacher Man, being the man of God that he is, talks him out of it and says, Hey, you know what? We should still be fucking producing this shit because we can make some cold, hard cash. We just got to cut the sheriff and deputy dipshit and your stupid fucking brother out of this shit. And we got to make our own money. Cut off the middleman. Don't get the law involved in this. Let's sell this hooch on our own. As a matter of fact, we'll get Martha and her infalid brother to go fucking town to town, door to door, ass to ass, ass to ass, ass to ass, selling all this fucking hooch. 
and we'll get enough money to build a house of God right out here on this land because you got 40 fucking acres, nothing going on. And you know what? Hey, hey I'm going to make you my deacon. And he tells him, this shit ain't wicked as long as you work for the Lord. Lord! The Lord! So he has a plan to have Martha sell the liquor from town to town. They're going to get rich, and they're going to use the money, like you said, to build a church. So this is where we get a whiskey-making montage. Gonna have a montage. montage. Whiskey-making montage. montage. No singing in no the singing. montage. Montage. No singing. Hey, no singing. Hey. Okay, no okay, okay, okay. Sorry yep. about that. Uh, meanwhile, the boys, the Almond Brothers, Clyde and the boys, they show up. One at a time, popping up behind the barn. Papa Bill Alfonso, he's got a shotgun ready to fix him up real good. But Mary Lou goes, Oh no, Papa, you don't, don't let me handle it. Uh, and she tells them all to fuck off because she's got herself some real dick, mm -hmm. some good dick, and that is from Angel Leroy. Leroy! Mary Lou tells Clyde and the boys that she's pure now, so they can go fuck themselves from now on. And needless to say, they're a bit skeptical. Yeah, they're not really thrilled about this, but they still fuck off. Papa is getting a little bit impatient with the preacher man, saying, we need to hire some help if we're going to make some real money at this job. So they bring on a little friend of theirs called Old Farley. Yeah. He is uh, the chicken fucker. Watch your language in front of the lady, punk. But it turns out he's just a man for the job, I guess. I'll come over there and jab the lady up your ass. Just another fucking plot thread that goes nowhere. Who cares about Old Farley? He, uh, he just kind of works in the background for the rest of the movie. Sorry about this wind. <laughs> You know what? It, it, it's a fun scene where he's looking at all this porn. Sure. It's basically 13-year-old Micah minus the fucking chickens part. That might not be true. I, I didn't have any chickens. You had some chickens. I didn't have chickens. The neighbor had chickens. I've heard about <laughs> your chicken past. I've heard about your... Hey, I, hey, 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 hey. While they're loading up a truck full of liquor, Clyde spies on them from behind a tree. And he is clearly getting tired of the feeling of blue balls at this point. Yep, because apparently Mary Lou is the only woman in town with good tits. Correct. But he gets caught by Papa, and he pretends that he is repentant and is seeking religion just like the rest of them. So, Preacher Man puts his ass to work. I love that right away he has that scheme in his head like, hey, we got ourselves a young man here willing to do a lot of work. Let's put him to work kind of thing. Oh, he's done this before. Yes, you really get has. the impression that uh, this is not the first town that Preacher Man has rolled into and scammed. I mean, hey, that's what makes him the Preacher Man. That's right. Preacher Man. A good time, Phil. The Preacher, Preacher Man. Man. His silver tongue manipulates the masses. He's the Preacher, Preacher Man. Man. His preaching fills his pockets with gold. He's the preacher, preacher man. man! He gives it. You get it. Oh, all right. Yeah, we heard that at the beginning. Oh, did we? Oh, fuck. I thought that was new to us. Okay, so this yeah. guy's fucking chickens. Oh, wait, where are we at? Oh, Clyde's on the team now. Yeah, right about now. So Martha reports that the roadblock out of town has been lifted. So the preacher man's grift is almost complete. And he's like, hey, 
I don't have to be here anymore. Maybe I nope. can fucking uh, just kind of take this money and run. But first, he's got to have one last big giant fucking sermon. The final score. It's the final sermon. Oh, okay, fuck. No, 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 no. That's okay, Greg. No preaching. No preaching. No sermon. So while picking up shit from the general store, Sheriff Boss Hog slash Deputy Dipshit noticed Clyde filling up Papa Crabtree's truck. And they get understandably suspicious. So they take Clyde in for questioning, and he notices Preacher Man's wanted poster on the wall. But for some reason, I don't totally get why, he plays it cool and acts like he doesn't recognize him. Well, I think he's going into business for his own here. Yeah, he's got some schemes of his own. He's got some plans. Oh, he's, he's, he's an idea man. He's got some designs. Yep, he's going to move to New York City. New, New York, York City! And by that, I mean he tries to rape Mary Lou in the barn. No! Yeah! He takes a roll in the hay with her, pins her down. And when that doesn't work, he just kind of proposes marriage to her to make her an honest woman yeah he realized that you know what god rape is a lot of work yeah what the fuck man maybe 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 don't make that your first plan his love language is explaining to her that you know what i don't want my friends to fuck you anymore i only want to be the one fucking you you say love language yeah, I said love language. What are you, fucking Dr. Laura Schlesinger? <laughs> so naturally, Mary Lou turns him down, saying she plans to travel with the preacher man out of town and across the country. Clyde reveals that the preacher man is a wanted criminal. Big old shyster. I don't want to prolong it because this next scene takes fucking 75 years out of my life, but the preacher man gathers the local congregation guilts them out of their money, preaches for way too fucking long until the cops show up. And I cannot stress this enough. He preaches and preaches and preaches and preaches. And it's not funny. Okay, this is just like a normal a... fucking sermon. I hate everything about it. It's not. I don't hate it. It's a good scene. Oh, come on. It Tell is a good why. scene. It's a good scene because these people are so fucking stupid and it's so easy to get swindled by a guy like this as we mentioned a silver fucking tongue sharper than the devil's dick itself of course as this shit is going on sheriff shows up guns blazing preacher man he takes a big handful of cash from the from the honey pot and he splits with mary lou the sheriff forms a posse of all the local congregation. They all immediately turn on Preacher Man and decide to chase him out of town. He runs for his life down the road. He's got nothing to lose at this point. He's just trying to get to the Carolina line. Mary Lou is in the past. She decides she's going to stay behind with Clyde. They're going to get married. They're going to have kids. They're going to own a farm. They're going to buy some land. It's a whole fucking dream that they're living out. Preacher Man is just running for his life. One foot in front of the other. He's dying of exhaustion when he gets picked up by Peg Bundy. <laughs> the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. 
Oh, she is the red woman from Game of Thrones. She is Peg Bundy. She is everything I've ever dreamed of. My God, a sultry, sultry vixen. You can't really uh, see below the dashboard, but I think she's naked from the waist down. So Preacher Man jumps in this beautiful Cadillac, riding off into the sunset. He's being chased and hightailed by Boss Hog and Deputy Who Gives a Fuck until they reach the county line where they get out and in typical southern, oh, they done got away fashion, they, they are throw frustrated. their hats. Shoot their guns in the air like Yosemite Sam. Preacher Man, 1971. Greg, how do we feel about this motion picture? I fucking loved it. What do you think? I absolutely love this fucking movie. I thought it was great. It was okay. fucking entertaining as shit. It was funny. It was topical for the time. It's still topical now because people still to this day are fucking idiots and they sure. will be swindled by a man of the man of the cloth. Uh, when really all these men of the cloth are, are just fucking perverts in fucking uh, disguise. They're wolves in sheep clothing. They prey on the weak. They prey on the stupid. It's a metaphor for uh, really any man in a position of power who is taking advantage of someone of lesser intelligence or lesser social standing than them this really can, absolutely this can be applied to anything in our modern life absolutely um I, that like it, it's very mark twain in a way i was gonna say that it's it's a it's a classic of american literature it, it's very huckleberry finn it's very Tom Sawyer, whatever the fuck you want to get to it. It's it's the, all those those tales of really, uh, that go town to town. Really reminded me of the grapes of wrath. Gilbert Grape. He was yeah. really pissed off. What's eating the grapes of wrath? Yeah, an American classic. And vividly portrays an era of American life that is still vigorously alive today. Well, on that note, I'm giving this movie four out of five scaries. They lost the start. Eh, fuck. Actually, I take that back. Three out of five scaries. I did love this oh, movie. Oh, uh, The movie also isn't a horror movie. It is a trauma movie, but yes, it is no yes. horror. So there is no gore. There's a good amount of tittery. There's nothing spooky about it. So it, it lost a couple stars for me there. That well, doesn't mean that doesn't mean don't watch this movie. It's still a good fucking movie. I would it, argue it, that there is something spooky about this. And it's the the impending specter of religious manipulation on our nation's underage women. Terrifying. Yeah. The absurd amount of gaslighting that this preacher man does towards the farmer's daughter and the sheriff's daughter and just the daughters of our nation. This is a metaphor for the deflowering of innocence of our nation's youth. This is a film that has something to say. It has a broader message. This is existential. It's upsetting. This is, I mean, this could have been a Cronenberg body horror masterpiece. Well, there was no body horror in it. Clearly, you missed the part about Angel Leroy. And the, yeah, the things true. that he did to Mary Lou in that room. Okay, I don't want to elaborate on it. This is a film that has a lot to say. This is a, a deep, metaphorical, metaphysical message to the viewer. And it absolutely requires a second, maybe even a third viewing. So, with that said, easy 5 out of 5 for me. Okay. 
A lot of tittery. Oh, fantastic. Can't Absolutely complain. fantastic. Well, that was our take on it. Slashers, what do you say? Let's hear it, friend. This is Slashers, or at least five minutes of our, you know, ill-begotten thoughts on this week's episode of Preacher Man for a Damn That's Scary. So my name is Aid, and with me as always are my esteemed colleagues, co-host and cohort, Jake and Mikey. Boys, say hello and tell us your thoughts on Preacher Man 1971, our trauma exclusive, which I had no idea they came out in the 70s, but okay, I just learned something today. right? Yeah. (laughs) As a big fan of Righteous Gemstones and anything that shows how the fucking gross people like joel olstein really are i love this movie it is dirty and exploitative and doesn't age particularly well even though it felt probably better spirited back then like a pre-porkies thing but i loved it what'd you think mikey i wasn't too impressed by it tbh it was it was okay what i did appreciate about it bringing it to current times is i feel like this is the kind of film that they were trying to make in the movie x the film within the film because you know they're making a, a porn type thing and this is the kind of point i imagine them making as far as the movie preacher man is concerned it was entertaining to watch like you said it is dirty it is problematic i did appreciate the sleaze aspect i mean did you like the music no like you what <laughs> you know what to God expect when you watch these <laughs> 70s sleaze movies so you know maybe i'm just not a big fan of, of that particular genre but you know, there were there were some funny parts, and um, yeah, I Leroy, oh, Leroy, God. Leroy, <laughs> like okay, that was funny. So there were parts about it I thought was funny. I mean, the guy, if the guy was more attractive, I'd believe it better. I think because I'm like, who the fuck is sleeping with this guy? Like, not That's only is he a preacher point. man, it's the fact he's that so he's gross. using his wiles and guile to get what he wants. It's the fact that he's not fucking james marsden with his cycloptic eye and beautiful jaw oh yeah he's really cute. i just watched sonic the hedgehog he was actually pretty passable in that movie not gonna lie oh he's beautiful can we get a remake with him oh that would be really good that would be so good of this that'd be good and i think maybe my brain went there because walter goggins is in righteous gemstones and he kind of has that same look like if James yeah. Marsden got hit in the mouth really hard with like, let's say, a rigid phallus and all of his teeth fell out and then he put in fake ones, that would be Walter Goggins, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh, my God. We just made a whole remake for this movie, yeah. which they actually made a sequel to. I did not look at that. They made a sequel to it. It's like uh, Preacher Man, Trippy Quiddick, something or other. I was looking at it like I didn't care because I'm not going to watch that one. Certainly not going to do that. This one, I really did like the songs because I was cooking while i was watching the shit and i started singing like there's a place in heaven or whatever <laughs> but you know i'm like oh yeah i live in florida and like people are like that down the street so preacher man meets witterable you, know, you, awesome. you know what kind of wigs me out about this movie these types of movies like just the scenery and the way it looks is the kind of things that my grandpa used to watch like not exploitative like soft grandpa was porn. watching porn in the living room no, but like my grandpa <laughs> was watching those kinds of like 70s shows and stuff so to see that and be like oh this is like when my grandpa used to watch his shows but then like add a ton of sex and nudity on it i'm like oh i don't know how i feel about this well it's funny because it has a pretty damn brisk pace it's super short for what it is and it has like that benny hill kind of sensibility but less manic like it has the same cheekiness and whatnot so yeah i was really into it i mean i was easy to follow for i mean okay so it wasn't trauma picked it up later right Correct. so they same like redneck zombies later. it was made but they just distributed it 
And this is probably why I do like redneck zombies. And I think that's the same way, same thing with rabid grannies, right? So yep. some trauma picked it up. Okay, so this is why I like these movies because they're not, they're trauma, but they're not trauma, right? <laughs> so at the same time, I think that the music was catchy. I really enjoyed like the characters, but I really liked um, Mary Lou because she's in the bathtub and they all like pop up in the window. I love it. It's super sex positive, <laughs> right? She's just like, I'm going to get mine. There's no slut shaming at all. Exactly. We're gonna talk about sex positive, and even her dad's not even that mad. He's like, I calls her a hussy, but you know, yeah. you know, you're my, you're my hoe, you're my hussy. Like it's endearing. So, no, does it does it bother you? She doesn't get it all done at once, and that she's basically, you know, doing like a deli counter style setup. Or is it which is more progressive? The fact that she's more industrious and just does like five at a time, or maybe the fact that she's taking her time and savoring it each time? Okay. <laughs> It depends on what you like, because I feel like there's like a kink in that, right? Like, okay, I'll take you all at the same time. That would be fun. I just say, turn me into a power socket. I feel like it would be too much work to have five. It would be like uh, playing drums for the first time. Where you're like, wow, what do I do with my hands and my feet? Well, that's for them to figure out, not me. <laughs> you just lay there. Yeah. Anyway, so we're just going to move on from that topic. <laughs> All right. So this was five minutes of fun with Slashers. If you liked what you heard, we have our own dumbass podcast. You can come check it out. We're also featuring minutia reviews from Damn That Scary on our show this month. Goodbye and good night. Wow, I couldn't have said oh. it better myself. Mm -hmm. Well... So everybody, yeah, go check out the Slashers podcast. They're great Listen at what they to them, do. Love them. Get their t-shirts. They're giving them out like fucking candy at a Jeffrey Jones concert. Like popcorn at a musical. That's what the kids say, right? I think they say waka flocka. I don't know what kids say anymore. You know what? They're giving out a lot of fucking free t-shirts. That has not changed in the last year. So hit them up. Press them. Make sure you get that shirt. It is an offer. It's a real thing. Don't let them tell you it's not. Thank you so much, Doug, Jeremy, Jake, Aid, Sebastian, Ted, Eddie, Alec, Gary, Mitch, <laughs> Little Frisbee, Big Stank, Violent J, Shaggy Two Dope. You kiss like my dad. All right, so with that said, uh, what do you think for next week, my man? Uh, next week, I think we're going to continue with uh, this whole religious theme that we have going on here. Sure. Uh, maybe go uh, go do another classic, I'd say. Okay. Uh, we've been doing a lot of modern movies. This one we just did, 1971. I think we should hit somewhere in the 80s. What do you say, buddy? I think we should probably do the sequel to Preacher Man. No? Not feeling Ooh. it? You think so? No, no, no. You no, know, I don't you know, feel like that was, that was I don't, No, I want some horror. This is ah. a horror podcast. I want uh -huh. a good fucking horror episode next week. Oh, okay. yeah, that's right. We're totally going to do Preacher Man 2. <laughs> JK. Versus the Witter Woman. Or whatever yeah, the, the fuck that woman. is. The Witter. The Witter? She's Wetter Woman. I don't fucking uh, Okay, hey, fuck that. Why don't you all love each other? Hey, why don't you fucking go fuck yourselves? <laughs> hey, but most importantly... Keep, Keep it, it spooky. Okay. Damn, that's scary. No singing. Okay, okay. No hey. singing. There's no singing on the show, so you better shut the fuck up. No singing. Did it have something to do with your, your special hat? Dude, <laughs> get a hat like this. Fuck!